WebmasterRadio.fm, the addiction that's good for you. Stand by for the hook. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter & Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR, The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now, here's your host, Katie Kempner. Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. Hopefully, by listening to these thought leaders, you will find inspiration and new ideas and have some fun along the way. So, first things first, I promised my daughter Lexi that I would say hello to her today. Hi, Lex! And also, all things being fair in my family, hello to my son, Max. Now... Today is a very exciting show. It's all about one of my favorite things, the Cannes International Advertising Festival, which is considered by pretty much everyone in advertising to be the premier festival, the premier award show. Winning a lion at Cannes is a huge honor, and the Grand Prix, well, there's nothing that tops that. We know a lot about winning the Grand Prix at CPB, but uh, more about that later. So later on in the hour, also we'll be talking with Ellie Parpis, creative editor at Adweek, about her thoughts on Cannes. And first, I will be joined by my friend Susan Lilly, U.S. Marketing Manager for Cannes. Susan is with USA Today, the exclusive U.S. representative for the Cannes Festival, and in her role, she's responsible for promoting and marketing this competition. She coordinates all the USA Today activities during the week-long festival, which is an enormous amount of work. And uh, to put it in a nutshell, she is the woman to know when it comes to Cannes. Susan, welcome. Thank you very much, Katie. How are you doing down there in Miami? I'm doing great. It's beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. How, it's how about, about with you? It's 20 degrees here in New York. Oh, we'll see. We should just, you should just be doing it here with me. Yes, we should have arranged that, that we do it live in Miami. Next time. Well, Next I was time. thinking we could do a couple of shows live in Cannes. Yes, we could try that. That would be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but let's start right now by clearing up something that confuses a lot of people. Is it Cannes or Con? If you talk to any of the French people, they will tell you absolutely it's can, like a soup can. So all of us who spend our life here in the United States talking about con, we are pronouncing it incorrectly. <laughs> okay, well, we don't want that. We want to be in the know. So it is can. Correct. Excellent. So the Cannes Advertising Fest- Festival, it's such a major event on so many levels. Can you, I mean, this is a hugely broad question, but could you please explain a little bit about what, what it involves? Sure. Uh, really, the first thing that people should understand is that this has gone on for a very long time. 2006 will be the 53rd year of the International Advertising Festival. It was started 50 years ago really as a cinema advertising competition and has evolved to this huge competition now that encompasses nine on-site competitions during the 10 or 12 days that all the judges are there um, in the last couple of weeks of June. So it has been 
been developed into the premier event within uh, the advertising business, and it encompasses now everything from direct marketing. This new this year will be a promotions uh, competition, and we have radio and we have media as well as television, press, and outdoor. So it's a huge competition. Uh, not to mention that they have uh, incorporated last year Dan Wyden's breakthrough idea of the titanium competition, which is caught. Uh, recognizing terrific, terrific cross-platform work. Why do you think that this particular festival is so important? I think basically, and as you said in your opening there, um, if you check with any of the people within the advertising communities, both here in the United States and around the world, Mm -hmm. Cannes has really established itself as the most prestigious international competition. Everyone has local um, Asian competitions, Latin America, South America. We have several competitions here in the United States. But to, to win recognition by your peers, and these are very, very senior, top notch. Uh, executives who serve on these juries, and they they really compete to be on these juries, to be recognized by the top people in your field internationally in in such a global marketplace these days, Mm -hmm. uh, that's really the ultimate thing. And I think that that is exactly why everyone covets these canned lions. Well, who are some of the major judges this year? Well, this year we have uh, a wonderful roster of judges. Um, We have 15 people representing the U.S. on these different nine competitions. Uh, Of course, we have, uh, for the titanium jury, we have... uh, actually four people from the U.S., but the jury is led by David Lubars, who's uh, at BBDO New York right, right. As, uh, as a very senior, senior person, obviously chairman of, of BBDO New York. Um, we have none other than Chuck Porter of Christmas Porter <laughs> Bogusky, um, of the illustrious chairman of CPB, who's going to serve on the titanium jury. So we're really looking forward to, uh, to uh, those people, as well as um, Nick Bryan from Universal McCann and a fellow from Strawberry Frog. But we have uh, great people on our media jury. Renetta McCann out of Starcom Media Vest is going to be the jury president this year. Jim Poe, who, uh, again, is your top creative, your top media creative person in Crispin Porter Bogusky, um, who we've been coveting for years to come on to the media jury, has agreed to do it in 2006. So I think it's going to be awesome, the, the media jury. Yes, uh, Ken is going to blow him away. He has no idea how yeah, to do it. He doesn't expect. know that it has to really work, uh, so that this is, um, this is a whole new thing. The, the judges go in there, everybody says this is a huge boondoggle, but for the judges, they spend five to six days in uh, dark rooms uh, looking at thousands and thousands of pieces of work that has been submitted. Uh, In the television competition, there's usually over 5,000 commercials. Uh, Mm -hmm. In media, there's probably going to be over 1,500 entries. So we're really asking these people to come in and and do a great job and work hard while everybody else is out at parties and at the beach. Uh, And literally, the judges uh, have uh, a terrific job to do. So what is the judging process? I mean, there's nine different categories now, but is it sort of the same judging process for each one, or is it different? 
essentially, it is about the same. Um, they Because they get so many entries in Cannes, and unlike most of the other competitions where they go out and they judge and then they can uh, put together their shows over a two- or three-month period and announce the winners, in Cannes it's all done on site. So they basically will divide these juries up into subgroups, and they will be looking at uh, different categories of work. They won't have to look at 5,000 commercials at the top. They'll be dividing it up into four groups and then bringing it down to a short list. When the jury comes together, they vote and they come up with about 10% of the entries that have come in totally that will be then on the short list. And from that short list, then the whole jury will meet and decide on um, awards, and they give out bronze, silver, gold, and Grand Prix awards. Uh, so it's a long process. Most of the juries are there um, easily between the four- and five-day kind of period and um, literally are seeing thousands of pieces of work. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. There are, it seems to me, having been to Cannes many times, it's that there are so many offshoots of Cannes, and production companies come to Cannes during the festival to network but don't join the actual festival, and it seems that a lot of, you know, there's all these sort of separate things that are happening there but aren't really part of the festival. Is this a good or a bad thing? Well, I think that it's um, a reality of what's going on in Cannes these days. Um, it's become, uh, in the last four or five years, uh, really on everyone's radar screen, particularly, I think, because so many senior executives from agencies and now clients around the world are attending the Cannes Festival. So that's, uh, that's the good news, but it is bringing in everyone else who works in the, in the industry, and they find that it's very productive and they don't necessarily have to um, register and become a delegate and and, uh, do all the things that are are geared around Festival Week. They can operate very effectively, as you say, on the fringes uh, and meet uh, and entertain a lot of these clients and senior agency people very effectively. I know that the festival management would like to, and they are right now trying to work on ways to engage some of these uh, production people um, a little bit more um, effectively Mm -hmm. and um, provide perhaps more within festival activities that would encourage them to become delegates. Uh, This is uh, a very large revenue stream in terms of a business for the festival management. Well, so what what does it entail if you do become a delegate? What what you know? What are what's well, happening during the week? Um, I mean, basically, to become a delegate, um, you are then um, given uh, passes. Um, you have IDs uh, from for the whole week, and you have there's. Uh, all sorts of activities that go on in the Palais, which is basically the conference center. For anyone who's seen and and follows the film festival, um, which is a month earlier in exactly the same place, when you see that red carpet down the big set of stairs, that's the same building that we are all uh, spending our time in at the advertising festival. In 2006, they're going to have over 39 seminars that are going to be hosted by agencies, production companies, film companies, Uh, during the course of the week on current topics. You Mm -hmm. cannot uh, attend those unless you are a registered delegate. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are going to be four award shows this year uh, for the nine competitions. There'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday evening. So that delegate registration gives you that um, 
pass uh, into those award shows, both an opening night gala and a closing night gala gives you that opportunity as well. Um, also, as most of us know uh, who are going to Cannes at any point in time, the biggest difficulty is that they have close to 8,000 people who come in from around the world in the advertising marketing community to attend this, and we run out of hotel rooms very, very quickly. If you register as a delegate, then you are giving the um, London Festival Management people um, the um, requirement to find you a room. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that's, that's a big help uh, in terms of, of being a delegate. If you're not a delegate, then you're on your own in terms of finding rooms. And, and certainly the south of France is a lovely place, but you don't necessarily want to be driving 30, 40, 50 minutes from uh, Nice or some of the surrounding towns into Cannes every day. So um, there's this year they're going to have um, a really completely packed festival week of, of programs. Also, I should mention that this is the only competition that will screen every single commercial that is entered. Usually, um, in in the other award competitions, you get to see the short list or you get to see the final list, but all 5,000-plus commercials are screened for six days in the festival. You have a program. They'll screen them by category, the automotive, the fast food, packaged goods, and you can sit in um, these screening rooms and watch every commercial that was entered. And most television production people will tell you this is very valuable uh, to see the Mm. bad commercials as well as the good commercials. You see new producers. You see uh, sites that you're maybe contemplating using in your own commercial shoots. Um, Most production people come and bring their staff for exactly that reason, to be able to see um, all of these commercials. And then um, you'll have on Friday and Saturday the short list of about 500 commercials that are going to be going on to be um, considered for Lions um, will be available for screening. So uh, a lot of people tell me that this this aspect of the festival is truly one of the most important aspects. And uh, I'm sure if you check with your creative people, they'll tell you the same. Oh, absolutely. Now, we are going to take a very short commercial break, and when we, are get, when we come back, we're going to talk about my favorite part of Ken, the parties. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. Ecom Expo, the virtual trade show for search, affiliates, and interactive marketers, is now completely free for all attendees. Imagine all the benefits of a top trade show coming to a PC near you. April 4th through the 6th, more than 7,000 of your peers will be there making it the largest trade show for e-commerce marketers in the world. The entire event is 100% online, virtual, and free. So register today at www.ecomxpo.com. E-commerce. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Katie Kempner. 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 Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. The 
hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing. People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week two 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 o'clock on two Tuesdays Tuesday. Intersection of advertising and PR. Katie is on the real Katie or you want the slim Katie so just demonstrating so what the real slim Katie please stand up please stand up please stand up cuz I'm slim Katie yes I'm the real Katie or you want the slim Katie so just demonstrating so what the real slim Katie please stand up please stand up please stand up right here right here right here right here right here right here on webmasterradio.fm on the Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hello, hi, I'm Katie Kempner, and today you are listening to my CAN special. CAN is the way to say it, remember that. I am talking right now with Susan Lilly, the U.S. Marketing Manager for CAN. Susan, welcome back. Thank you. Well, thank you for being with me, and I want to talk about... The parties. Can is the premier, it seems to be the premier place to network and party. I mean, you go to the Carlton Terrace at 5 o'clock, and you can't find a place to sit anymore. Everybody's schmoozing and talking. There's parties all night long. What, does anything get accomplished at that? People tell me that there's a lot that gets accomplished, and I think that part of this, yes, it's absolutely true, and, and um, I tell people not to uh, plan any breakfast meetings, that you <laughs> might as well plan an 11 p.m. champagne toast, and you'll get a lot more accomplished because you've got to sleep until 11. Um, I guess some people do that. You and I work there, so we don't have that luxury. But um, there, I think part of it is because there are so many senior people there mm-hmm. um, from all the agencies and also internationally. A lot of the global networks have their international meetings around Cannes, and um, it's really, uh, I know a lot of recruiting goes on there. You hear about senior-level people who get stolen away from this agency and hired by somebody else. Um, It's just such a laid-back, beautiful atmosphere, um, and people have access to each other, where in our normal daily lives, um, you don't have that access, and I think that um, they're a lot calmer about it than trying to make appointments. Well, so what, are, what do you think are the best parties every year? Well, um, I guess I really think that uh, everybody does a good job with their parties, but there are some standouts. The DDB Friday night party on the Martinez Beach with 1,500-plus people and people trying to crash is, is really an icon now. Um, I think, Katie, that you have developed uh, also a terrific party. Um, can Thank we tell them where much. it is? <laughs> This is a very special little bistro on the Croisette, um, right across from the Martinez that CPB has taken over. Um, it is in some uh, in some circles known as the Gutter Bar, but it's a really <laughs> wonderful, fun party that they, uh, as everybody tries to um, crash that party too. You've done a great job with that. Well, thank you. I, I just have to interject one thing. If it wasn't for you, <laughs> if it weren't for you, we wouldn't even be able to have the party there because I know you know. You know, we were we were in Canada. 
Alex Bogusky and Chuck Porter and I were talking, and Alex and Chuck said, we want to have a party at the Gutter Bar, which is where everybody goes after all the other bars and parties are done with. And I said, the Gutter Bar, and I'm looking around the Internet. I can't find the Gutter Bar. And I called you and said, Susan, what is the Gutter Bar called? <laughs> 72 Quasette, right? 72 Quasette yes. with so Jean-Paul. We solved Paul. that problem for you, so that was good. I also have to say that USA Today, as the official representative, puts on a great dinner um, for all of our judges. Um, we really want to honor them for the hard work that they do, and we have this lovely uh, seated dinner up at Moulin de Moujan, which is a... Uh, a, a star-rated restaurant up there and and have about 200 of the top U.S. uh, executives come and join us to honor these judges. So that's always a fun party. That's Um, amazing, by the way. You do a tremendous job. It's always such an honor to be there. Oh, it's a fun party. Uh, MSN now is is doing a big party, which I think a lot of people um, are enjoying. A lot of the agencies all come in and do various types of, of parties. It, they're really reflections of their own cultures and, and how they how they want to be perceived. Some of them are elegant, uh, small cocktail parties. Other are big parties on the beach. Uh, it's a fun time. There's a lot of opportunities within the Cannes area to, to really entertain in style. So any tips for uh, getting on an invite list uh, besides knowing you? <laughs> For those that do not know, Susan Lilly. Ask me. um, And um, I think that it's really uh, people in your industry, the corporate communications uh, people who uh, have a lot of handles on the guest list uh, of these different different parties, and a lot of it is orchestrated out of corporate communications. So I think that's the one trick in terms of trying to touch base and see um, who's going to be having a party. And then it's word of mouth, but now they've really gotten into – invitations, and, and um, it can't just be an open uh, kind of, of setup anymore. Uh, there's too many people there now. So the parties, the, um, the, the festival, the activities at the festival, what's your favorite thing about Cannes? I guess the favorite thing about Cannes, and everybody says to me, oh, well, you've got the best job in the world, and, and everyone knows that, that we go over there uh, for eight days. USA Today uh, is the official representative, so we have um, entertaining that we do for eight days. Um, but I think the best thing about it from me, uh, from my standpoint, is really the setting. You can't ask for a nicer setting than down there in the south of France, and, and there's so many opportunities to take people to wonderful restaurants, whether it's up in St. Paul de Vence or whether it's in the Old Town or just there on the Carlton Beach Terrace and, and enjoying it. And it, it puts such a nice um, element into the entertaining that you can hardly do anything wrong. It, it just is always terrific. But now, what, what challenges do, during the year, so that's when you're actually in Cannes, but during the year, you're promoting it, you're putting on all these different events about Cannes um, in different, I know, let's see, where do you do it? You do New York, Chicago, and Detroit, right? Right, right. We usually um, also provide the uh, winning reel to about 10 to 15 other local ad clubs. We've done um, Dallas, we've been in Miami, we've been in Cincinnati, we've been um, in Chicago with another uh, event. So we try to bring, because so few Americans really get to the go to the Cannes Festival, we do spend the whole fall um, from July through December trying to bring back the winners and the winning work uh, to um, the local ad markets around the country. And we provide it to schools as well as to clubs. Uh, We go into the agencies and actually present uh, their lions because they are not in Cannes to pick them up. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a full it's a full full time job that I have um, really promoting the festival. Is it harder or easier now to get people involved than it used to be? I think that it's easier now. It's got uh, a huge reputation. I think uh, three or four years ago when the Procter & Gamble uh, people announced that they wanted to know more about what great creative was and they were taking people over uh, to Cannes, um, it really put it on the map for the clients. And that, is, uh, as we all know, changes the whole uh, perception of the competition when you have clients there. But um, it makes everybody work harder. Um, there are a lot lot of meetings and, and things that go on with the clients when you're in Cannes. It's no longer just a big party, uh, but it has uh, put it on everyone's radar screen. And uh, so I think that it's made it a little bit easier, but it's made it more complicated. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting thing because Cannes used to really just be for advertising people. And now, as you say, in the past couple of years, clients have been coming and there has definitely been two camps one you know one camp of people that think that that's terrific and one camp of people that are really very upset by that what do you think well, I'm in the camp that thinks it's terrific um, because I think it shows growth. It shows um, the whole um, the whole progress that's been going on with the festival, encompassing these other areas, being promotion and direct marketing and the interactive world and the media world. I mean, they're recognizing great media strategy and thinking. Uh, and so um, it's really how we're all moving, and, and the they have to keep pace with that. So um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think the people who really just wanted to keep it among themselves and just have it fun with the creatives and the production people um, are a little bit in the step behind. They've, they've got to move forward. So let me ask you one more thing. The festival has a new owner this year. Am I right about that? Yes, actually, they took over a year ago last summer, uh, EMAP Communications, a big British um, UK company uh, that works in publishing as well as events and conferences. And um, I, I know you're going to ask, has there, has there been uh, a change? And I think it's only been positive. They have huge resources behind them. They um, were very familiar with the festival before they bought it. They mm-hmm. made a big commitment. And I think that uh, everything that they're doing is to improve the festival and to try to make it run more smoothly and to provide more services and more uh, areas of expertise to everyone attending. What, what's your, what are you looking forward to this year? Anything well, specific? Uh, no, I think it's it's basically for me. I'm going. It's going to be my ninth year, so I'm just trying to. Each year, it gets to be more and more complicated with more people. I'm looking for a nice, fun, streamlined, good, um, good festival for everybody. I think there's going to be things for everybody uh, to uh, to really attend and to really get uh, get some good hard facts out of. So I think it's going to be a great year. They're expecting um, record numbers of delegates and record numbers of of panels and discussions and probably entries for all we know and we'll be there (laughs) all right great well let me ask you one more question as you as right before you get off the phone um you you have really a very fascinating job and i just want to know i i have been asking all my guests this um do you have any personal philosophies that you think have helped you get where you are today in your career 
Well, I think you have to be realistic about what you're good at. Um, I'm a very organized person. Um, my job now here um, is essentially event planning. And um, I think uh, growing up in a family of six kids and being the oldest, I event plan from probably the time I was 10 years old. So, I mean, <laughs> you have to, you kind of have to recognize what you're good at, what you mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, and uh, that's pretty much how my career has been propelled along, is that I've basically been in control of it and uh, doing things that I like to do and that I, I think I'm pretty good at. That's Well, and you're very good at it. You're extremely good at it. And it's been a pleasure having you today on my show. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Okay, See take care. Can. We're going to take a short commercial break, and when we come back, we will be talking with Ellie Parpis, creative editor of Adweek. Right back after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. It's S.E. Guru's Rainmaker. She's being a real wise ass over there. I am not. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. I always wanted to be the girl that said, I just absolutely forgot to eat. I don't know what happened to me. Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. I do that lovely southern drawl. I don't. I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but no, I don't. I don't think I do either. But I love that honey drip sort of sound. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> someone's probably gonna pull that blur about and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Uh, Rainmaker Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, I'm Katie Kempner, and you're listening to The Hook. Welcome back to my CAN special. My next guest is Ellie Parpis, the creative editor of Adweek, and I believe my very favorite person to hang out with in CAN. Hello, Ellie. <laughs> How are you, Katie? I'm good. You are actually the one to show me the ropes. 
Oh, that's a tall order now, isn't it? But yeah, you you got the hang of it pretty quickly now, didn't you? Shockingly fast. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this: how how many years have you been going to to the Cannes Festival? I, I don't know if I should actually admit this, but since um, 1997. Wow. Well, you started going when you were 12, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you something. Why do you think it's such an, an important award ceremony to the advertising industry? Oh, well, you know, I'm sure our, our, our audience has um, heard this before, but it really is considered the Oscars of the advertising world, and it's just become more and more of a of a integral event that means as much to the business side as uh, of advertising as, as the creative side, which um, is a little bit of a new thing, but it just keeps growing and growing, and it's the one premier worldwide event where everyone can see everything from around the world in all different categories, so... So do you usually find that the the work that you like and that you've, you know, over the past year that you've looked at um, is the work that wins at Cannes or, and that's, yeah, let me ask you that. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes it is, and sometimes there, there's some, some surprises, you know. Um, most often it, it's pretty predictable. I mean, you get good work is talked about throughout the year as it's breaking. You get a sense of, what people are already buzzing about way before. Now, whether or not, you know, during the actual week of the festival, those are the actual pieces that win Grand Prix or Golds or Silvers, that, that's all debatable. But um, usually the, the best stuff does is recognized in some way. So it's really, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you win the Golden Globes and you win this and then you win at the Academy Awards? Well, yeah, if you look at... A, I mean, last year, Honda Gurr won everything. It was, what did you was, think of that? It was a, a, the, the spot itself, the campaign. Uh, it was, yeah, it yeah, was the spot great. itself. I mean, it was a great spot. I think it was unexpected coming from um, a car category, and it had a very positive, optimistic, um, feel-good message that really tapped into, I think, a sentiment that everyone sort of was longing for, you know? Yeah. What what was some of the most interesting work that you saw last year besides the Hondrecker work? Well, um, I think one of the most interesting categories, and, and I'm sure, um, and then one of the categories that's involving the most is the titanium. Yeah. Um, the titanium is meant to sort of, initially when it was, when it was uh, introduced, I believe in 2003 or so, um, it was introduced to recognize, you know, cutting-edge work that sort of, the way that they officially described it was, you know, pushes the industry forward, and that definition, of course, is open to interpretation. <laughs> but um, at the time, the only the only thing that was that qualified, and the reason why that whole entire award was created, was for the BMW Films effort, um, which was the short films that um, Fallon had did online, and that had also done a direct mail piece with. Um, Dan Wyden at the time decided that it was it was important enough to create this new this new award category, and it's evolved over the years. I mean, it, it was the only award that was the only titanium awarded up until last year, where you know the jury couldn't even pick a Grand Prix one Grand Prix winner, but decided to give it to four different campaigns. So exactly, uh, I believe, including one by Christian Porter. Yes, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> then, uh... I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Something. I mean, because you're exposed. I would assume. Please correct me if I'm wrong. That you're exposed then to a lot of work that you don't have a chance to see during the year here. 
Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I see the stuff that is more mainstream, coming out of the U.K., coming out of Australia, coming out of, you know, um, South America sometimes. But I have the most fun, you know, seeing some, just the surprise element of seeing some bizarre little clip from Thailand that I had never seen before or from India or from, you know, Indonesia, someplace that, um, that's completely foreign to, foreign to me and I never had the opportunity to see. Oftentimes that stuff doesn't make it into the final show. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what's fun about some of the screenings. <laughs> exactly. What do you? How do you feel that the U.S. agency work ranks compared to other countries? The U.S. always do- dominates the film the film competition, and I think that's just the nature of the um, experience of the industry here, the the, the level of um, money that goes into it. Um, but the U.S. doesn't do it quite as well in print. Um, the U.S. has done well in. You know, new, quote, you know, new media categories like cyber, and again, it's the nature of you know having the um, investment dollars mm-hmm. to pursue those campaigns. Uh, what What about print? What countries do you think really excel in the in the print category? Hmm. Well, I mean, by virtue of uh, TVWA Paris, they've they've won so many of the last few Grand Prix. Um, it's a single agency, but if you if you think um, more generally, you know, Latin America does really well in print and Asia. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's because their media their media budgets are such that television isn't isn't the um, goal for the the agency creatives there. They have uh, much more limited budgets to work with, and print is just as important, if not more important, than any of the other pieces that they're doing. So, that's what do you? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what do you think um, makes an award-winning piece of work for Cannes or for for any festival? I think it's the same thing that you know any consu- that something that grabs obviously your attention, something that surprises, engages you, and informs you. Not necessarily in a factual product point way, but informs you something about the brand, whether it's making you feel different about it. Um, or highlighting a particular product point. But I think the most important thing is engaging the consumer or the viewer, whether it's TV or print. Or mm-hmm. Any agencies that you think continually surprise that you never really got to take a look at until, until can, maybe here in the U.S., but you didn't really have a chance to... to um focus on until you get to Cannes? Um, not for me personally, but I think that if you think about the history of your agency and what <laughs> what Cannes um, actually did for the profile of the agency, I mean, it exploded after you guys won the Grand Prix for Ikea with the Spike Jones spot. Um, even though most creative-minded agencies knew of your, your agency. Yeah. Well, you know, I think... Do you know if I'm right about this? I think we may be the only agency to have won a Grand Prix in every category, in the media, um, print, TV, and the titanium. Is that right? Um, so far, I think that's right. Wow. But okay, did but you, win, I, you didn't win a Grand Prix in press, right, in outdoor? No, maybe I'm, yeah. maybe I'm exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> but those particular but, categories, but, you did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and those are important I'm in PR, ones, but there are other ones like up. radio and but, press. But, and but has any other agency won, like, a Grand Prix in three different categories? Um, no, I don't believe they have. 
I can I have to double check. I don't really know off the top of my head. But as far as I remember, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a very short commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about another side of Ken. Mm. <laughs> the parties! Woo-hoo. Okay, we'll be back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break. Ecom Expo, the virtual trade show for search, affiliates, and interactive marketers, is now completely free for all attendees. Imagine all the benefits of a top trade show coming to a PC near you. April 4th through the 6th, more than 7,000 of your peers will be there making it the largest trade show for e-commerce marketers in the world. The entire event is 100% online, virtual, and free. So register today at www.ecomxpo.com PR Web is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PR Web's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PR Web. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing people in the marketing PR advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week two two two, two o'clock on Tuesdays Tuesday. The intersection of advertising and PR. Radio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Welcome back. My guest is Ellie Parpis, creative editor for Adweek, and we are talking about CAN. Hello, Ellie. Hi. <laughs> so I, I had just said, let's talk about uh, the other side of CAN, all the parties. What are some of your favorite parties in CAN? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just too funny when you think about CAN. There's a lot of work going on, but there sure is a lot of parties. Um, there's always, you know, it's it's the smaller, which are never small, but it's always the, um, you know, the smaller agency parties that I think are are a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, every well, agency has has its own big bash, but the the actual official parties that can has after their award ceremonies, 
Mm-hmm. It's usually just the um, appetizer for the rest of the night. The appetizer, yes. That would be a good way to put it. But, you know, wh- I mean, why why do you go to Cannes? I mean, it's a huge – well, tell me that. Why why do you go to Cannes? It's not, it's not for the parties, but it's, is it all the networking or being able well, to see the work? For me, it's, it's, it's a variety of things. I mean, number one, I have to cover it and cover – um, the winners. Um, I I need to know what's going on in the in the in the advertising industry globally, so it gives me a chance to see all the work from all the different countries and uh, regions that maybe I'm not as familiar with. And and of course, networking is a very big part of it. Um, the only time of year I can see certain people. Yeah, Adweek has a, b- a pretty big presence there, doesn't it? Well, we usually send about four four reporters or so. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what work are you looking forward to uh, seeing this year at the festival? Um, like I said earlier, I'm really curious to see how the titanium category is evolving. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it's still an area that you know agencies are trying to figure out. It's um, becoming more and more important to to the advertising industry to figure that out, and critical for for agencies to figure out how they can create, you know, multi-point communication like that and do it in a fresh, inventive way, and I'm curious to see how it's coming along. What's some of your um, favorite campaigns of the year that that, you've, that will probably be over at Cannes? Oh, there's so, so many. But you have to also remember that there's still the um, entries are eligible up until, I believe, the end of April. Right. So we still have two months of stuff that we might not have seen that could um, sneak in there. Like last year, that's what happened with the Honda Guru. It was something that had just broken a month before, and I think some of the um, excitement behind that um, probably influenced, I think, the uh, delegation and the jury members. But um, back to your point on some of the work. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how some of your agency's work does this year. Um, in, terms of, in terms of commercials, um just maybe like your, the top five commercials that, I mean, we can start with commercials, just like the top five that you liked during the Super Bowl or during the past year that you think you're looking forward to seeing at Cannes. Well, I mean, there's always, I, my tastes range from like the big um, lush productions, like um, stuff like Guinness, mm-hmm. which has a new spot from uh, AMV that I'm hoping to see there. Um, there's another uh, Stella Artois spot called Bench from Lowe mm-hmm. that um, I'd love to see, or Skating Priests. Um, but those ads are not necessarily going to be, those are the big productions that um, are beautiful to look at, have usually a uh, a, a deeper storyline than perhaps one of the single, um, more comedy-driven spots that we see dominating the award shows. Um you know, there, there's ads from, like some of the Super Bowl stuff from last year, I think AmeriQuest might do okay, might do well in the financial category. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly stood out in this country, uh, the work that DDB, I believe Los Angeles did, um, and they followed up this year with the tagline, uh, don't judge too quickly, I believe is the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know how it'll rate against um, other financial work from around the world, but for its category, it was pretty pretty well-received here. Um, I, one of the spots that was out last year actually didn't, um, I think it was too close to, it actually was entered last year in Can Hello Tomorrow that ended up 
doing um, pretty well. I think it won a couple of golds. This year, I don't know if Adidas, if the Adidas work will make as much of an impression. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of um, special effects heavy stuff that I'm sure will uh, entertain, but um, that category is uh, very competitive. A lot of uh, good stuff has been done in you know, athletic and apparel. Mm-hmm. What about the FedEx stuff that was in the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> you know, FedEx stuff, it, again, it's the stuff that does well at Cannes usually isn't the dialogue-driven stuff like FedEx that they've traditionally done. Now, the one that they just did, are you referring to the Super Bowl spot with the cavemen? Yes. <laughs> that, I think, will play well there. You do? Because, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's visually enticing. Um, it's funny. It's got visual gags. That kind of stuff translates across borders, as they say. So do you have any predictions? Mm, It's too soon for me to reveal my predictions. But um, I I do think that we'll see. I I have a feeling that the U.S. may not do as well as other years. But, you know, there's always surprises. Well, there's always sort of controversy, isn't there, between, you know, different countries and who's doing better and if it's the country. I mean, do you think Uh, that some of that kind of goes into it, too, as opposed to really just the work? um, It's not supposed to. At least it's not supposed to happen in the jury rooms. But, uh, of course, there's, you know, you have to, creativity is very subjective. And you do have an, you know, an international jury. Um, Each jury member is mostly familiar with the work that's coming from their country. Yeah. So there's going to be an automatic bias, um, but something that, you know, the festival has worked hard in making sure that that doesn't happen in in the actual jury room when the selections are happening. And it's also up to the the jury president, whoever's, you know, taking charge of the jury room to make sure that you don't see any block voting happening or any kind of egos getting in the way or, you know, that guy didn't vote for my spot, so now I'm not going to vote for his spot, which, you know, I've heard happen. There's been brawls in (laughs) in the jury room. It gets pretty intense. And there is a lot of controversy. I mean, there was controversy the year that we won um, for a Spike Jones-directed spot that we did for Ikea. And a lot of people, there were some people that didn't think that we should win it, and some people felt extremely strongly that we should. And I think that sort of froze up the judging for a little while, too. Do you remember well, that? Well, I remember that, and a lot of the controversy over that was, you know, it's a nice execution. It's it's a small spot, you know. Why is this so special? But, And I think, wasn't it up against a, what was the Grand Prix contender? Was that it the was year? up against, I think it was another Honda spot. Yeah, the, it was the, the year, it was that, the year that Cog was up, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I believe so. I think it was the year that um, Cog was in contention. Cog, that's what it was, Cog. And um, the big controversy with that spot was that people felt it was derivative of an art film and not not only derivative, but that they basically stole the idea and didn't offer the, uh, I don't know, the, the jury got a little weirded out by that whole scenario and felt that they didn't want to be rewarding and and you know, uh, acknowledging something that might smell of, you know, lack of originality or 
idea theft for that matter. <laughs> but you now know? let me ask you something. I mean, do you think that, you know, you had, we had talked before about huge spots. Do you, do you think that really for a spot to win a Grand Prix at Cannes, it has to be a huge, big-budget production? No. No? No, I don't. I mean, I think that there have been some stuff that doesn't, doesn't have to be that elaborate. I mean, yes, the Spike Jones spot that Lamp, I'm not going to say it was a cheap production because obviously it wasn't. Right. It was great production values and all that, but it certainly wasn't as elaborate as, uh, you know, the 2004 Grand Prix winner, which was Mountain, which is, was a gigantic production and lots of special effects, and it just felt much larger than, than the IKEA spot. Um, you know, I'm trying to think back on, you know, the What's Up spots. Mm-hmm. You know, those were well-produced. I'm not saying they don't have high production values, but they weren't as elaborate as, let's say, you know, some of the Frank Budgen stuff or even something like Tag, like Nike, that was very, um, again, much larger than, uh, you know, grander production, more complicated production than, you know, the... I'm trying to think of what was the most simplest that one that I've seen, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what surprised people with the IKEA win, actually. Uh-huh. First of all, it was up against a, a, a <laughs> one of the most you know, talked-about spots of the, that year. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, the what, 8,000 people that were there really thought it was going to shoe in. So there was yeah. a bit of an upset about that, and also that, you know, it was a smaller spot. It felt smaller. Let me ask you something a little bit broader now, but just mm-hmm. in the same in the same field, not necessarily having to do specifically with can. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as creator, creative editor of Adweek, you see different things happening in advertising, especially right now. I mean, Susan Lee said there's nine categories in in the festival to oh. try to reflect everything that's going on. What do you think is the most exciting thing that's happening in the industry right now? I think it's the it's the um breaking down of those uh, category definitions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think in some ways award shows, all of them, not, not just can, uh, you know, they're, they're playing catch-up with what, you know, the changes the industry is going through. Um, you still need to, I mean, right now it's still broken down, you know, by media for the most part, and, and those categories are going to be relevant and are becoming right. increasingly irrelevant. So uh, it, it's just interesting to see. That, you know, like I said, that's why I'm interested. You know, stuff like this used to be just a creative-oriented festival that was only, I mean, it started out just talking about film and rewarding film, which is commercials that ran in films and film theaters. And, you know, it slowly started expanding to, to you know, print and outdoor radio. Now, now they're adding promo this year. Um, it's become gigantic. And, I mean, at some point, I think all these different categories are going to be stripped away and they're going to have to think of a different way to, to reward ideas. Yeah. Because it's not going to be about the individual um, executions, and that's why things like you know titanium are trying to are, are trying to, to to reward a bigger message and a bigger idea. Do you see any specific directions that the industry is going? I think there's a lot of confusion right now. To be honest with you, I think that there's a lot of um, you know people say that you know TV commercials aren't as important anymore, and it's not like you're seeing people producing less of them. I mean, media budgets have shifted a bit, but I do think you can see the perhaps the quality of, of the TV spots may be faltering a bit, mm-hmm. maybe because people are, are more interested in doing the new and the different, whether that's sort of more interactive-based elements like some of the work that you guys have done. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's, there's a bit of uncharted territory here. Everyone's trying to figure out what the best, what the 
best message is, the best way to, to talk to consumers. And not all agencies have figured out how to best work all the pieces together in one unified message, it's a, you know? Yeah, it's an exciting time to be in the industry. It really is. I heard, And I'm sure it must be an exciting time to cover the industry. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it'll be like five years from now. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> drastically different as all these... Um, you know, all these digital technologies all sort of merge, and we don't really look at media the same way at all. Well, I, I thank you so much for talking about Ken, and I want to just ask you one more question before you go, which is not Ken-related, but uh, Ellie-related. Ellie-related. Okay. <laughs> Ellie-related. Do you have any personal philosophies that you think helped get you where you are today? Personal philosophies? Personal um, Yeah, philosophies, anything you can share with uh, people that might be listening that might not be exactly where they want to be in their career right now? Um, I would say, you know, be true to yourself and everything else will follow. That's excellent advice, and I look forward to seeing you in Cannes. And me too. thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye, Ellie. Bye-bye. And thanks to Susan Lilly for talking about the Cannes Festival, and thank you for listening. That's all we have time for today, but please join me every Tuesday at 2 o'clock or uh, download me at your convenience for The Hook with Katie Kempner. And make sure to listen next Tuesday when I talk with John Kamen, chairman of Radical Media. Thank you, and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about The Hook. The Hook. What I hope to do with The Hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing. People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, join me each week, 2 o'clock on Tuesdays, Tuesday. Intersection of advertising and PR. Katie is on the real Katie, yo, you want the slim Katie, so just demonstrating, so want the real slim Katie, please stand up, please stand up, please stand up, cause I'm slim Katie, yes, I'm the real Katie, yo, you want the slim Katie, so just demonstrating, so want the real slim Katie, please stand up, please stand up, please stand up, right here, right here, right here, Katie, 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 right here, right here, right here, Katie, 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 on webmasterradio.fm, on the web.